You're about to listen to an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio, which is brought to you by our friends at Wandering Monster. They are your home for online, private, and, well, private and public D&D game sessions. You've heard uh, founder and co-owner Greg Barrett talking about on this show with uh, Building Character, so you know his passion for role-playing and especially uh, running D&D games for players of all ages and, more importantly, all experience levels. You don't have to been... You could have never seen anything beyond the two D6s that came in that horrible copy of Monopoly that your family gets into a fight over on every Christmas Eve. Doesn't matter, because... Well, first, D&D uses more than that dice. Second, Monopoly's an awful game. And third, Wandering Monster is amazing. So basically how it works is you can join a public session. If you go to wandering-monster.com and click on public sessions, you can find a game that sounds interesting to you. Like there's one, uh, Warriors of the Witchfire, The Sunken Citadel, The Twilight Crypt. And when you click on them, each one of them, teacher, that, that was real time clicking to show, listen how it works. Uh, you get a description. So like, for instance, I'm going to go to the Twilight Crypt, which happens every Wednesdays, 1 to 3 p.m. Uh, all through August. Uh, and probably like beyond, you know, if you get it, whatever. Uh, for ages, the ancient landmark has held a lonely vigil in the desert sands, the vast, vest- the last vestige of an ancient civilization. However, an intrepid sage has uncovered clues in an ancient cruniform tap. Wow, there's a lot of fancy words in here. Cruniform tablet that suggests that there is an artifact hidden in this crypt and could uncover secrets to this lost kingdom. So, for instance, this one is designed for first-level adventurers, first-level adventurers for ages 9 through 12. So that kind of gives you the idea of what happens over on Wandering Monster. If you want to, if you're just one player and you want to join in with the group, um, you just find a game that sounds good to you on the public adventures thing, you click it. If you want to create a private session, there's a form you can fill out to describe, you know, the, the ages of the players, their experience level, what kind of game they might be into, and Wandering Monster will get all that set up for you. So please check them out, wandering-monster.com. And uh, if you do, let them know that you heard about them through Geek in the City Radio. It helps us out both immensely. And with that, One, let's two, get on three, with the show. Go. Welcome to issue 610 of Geek in the City Radio. I am one of your hosts, Aaron Duran. And I'm your other other host, Cable Hashitani. And we are... (laughs) Damn it, that threw me off. That doesn't make any sense now. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing Nothing makes sense anymore. We are sans one uh, Binarita today. Uh, because she is still in Mexico. Yes. Yes. And I'm also trying to do that thing where I'm like getting links so that I can tell people online. They're like, hey, we're live now. 
Oh, yep. Yeah, I mean, I should really get more efficient at this. I mean, to be honest, it should be one of those things where those posts are written early in the day and then scheduled so that they auto post an hour before the show each week. Yeah, that's probably also on me. No, not necessarily. Like any one of us can take that on. I think we're just also, you know, scattered. <laughs> yeah, no, dude, there are literally times at like, you know, 625 on a Tuesday. I'm like, what am I supposed to be doing right now? Oh, shit, show. So, yes, it, that, that does happen. That's why I'm always amazed at people that kind of make their living doing this. I'm like, I don't know how you do it. We Well, those people have an off-air producer. That's true. It, to You know, this show has always been produced by people on the air. Whether it's been you or it's been Bean or myself in a pinch. Right. Yeah. It, sorry, sidebar, it really throws me off that both uh, Kevin and Bex's um, avatar photos for Facebook are red. I think they (laughs) both have that red filter. Yeah, great. I think it's a Snapchat filter, Snapchat profile filter. I've never done Snapchat. I haven't either. Same with TikTok. I'm like, well, didn't, no, I'm not a 20-something. I don't need to be on either of those things. Here's where I sound really old, but didn't Snapchat start for way people to send like nudes of themselves and it went away quickly? Wasn't like how it started that way? I mean, yes. I was like, wasn't it just for boobies and dongs? I mean, it's still used for that, to be quite frank. But Well, yeah. I'm sure. The internet is used for that. Yeah. There are a lot of there are a lot of people that will do sex work that will keep their most um, graphic content on Snapchat because it can't be recorded, it can't be screen saved. Um, because it, oh. it, if it is, you you're notified that you're. Oh, I was going to say I thought that was an issue is that it could be screen capped by people. Oh, it can, and then it notifies you, and then you can take legal action against that person. Um, because what they will do is they will have a closed snapchat profile that they will then send lifetime access to or sell lifetime access so you pay fifty dollars a hundred dollars twenty dollars whatever they feel deem is appropriate for them and then you can become snapchat friends with them At, at least that's how i understand it academically because again I've never had Snapchat. I've I had, even I haven't even downloaded it for the filters, and I know that's I, what a lot of people do. Right. I did. I, now I take it back. I did have to use it back when I did stuff for haunting productions because the haunted house had a Snapchat. Mm. Yep. So I remember that. But um, uh, Fright Town also had a Snapchat. Yeah, it, it makes sense for that. I wasn't in charge of any of the social media for Fright Town, so right. I don't. Yeah. Man. I was in charge of everything. But you weren't also working at a as a haunt monster simultaneously. No, no, and I was getting paid. 
mm-hmm. quite well, actually. I was very happy with our uh, arrangement, our financial arrangement. Uh, that's because people still love haunts. They just want to go somewhere and be scared to have the <laughs> crap scared out of them. Yeah. I wonder if we're going to get, I know there's one haunt that's still hiring this year, but I've also heard of one that was like in pre-production and they're like, nah, fuck it. Like, even if we only have admitted vaccine people to the haunt, the amount of money and time we're going to put in, we're not going to recoup that. The, 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 the idea being, I'd rather not spend any money and not make any money this year than spend $30,000 and only bring in like 10, which makes Cons- total, total yep. sense. $30,000 conservatively. Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. For um, sure. That's, there's a reason that uh, the Baron is selling Fright Town, so. Yeah. Wish I could afford some of those props. <laughs> Just to decorate my house. Um, we talked about that at home, and it was like, you know, if there was something that you wanted as a memento, and I'm like, I appreciate that, but there's nothing practical that I want from uh, from the haunt. Like, if if I wanted something from the museum, it would be something like the were pug, <laughs> right, or the spider clown. Like, these are things that you don't fit into a studio apartment. You need a house. <laughs> no. I would love his uh, Vlad Chocula painting. Well, that would be a good one. He's not getting rid of that one. I, that's a baby. Have you checked? No. Ask him. But I also, I also couldn't give him a fair price. Ask him anyway. I love that like, thing so much. Merrick asked him about the uh, the locust of um, revelation that insect piece that was in the shadow backs on the wall in the oh museum. yeah yeah That's that cool. one he, that one he said he's like that one's not for sale but you tell me when you want one and i'll make you another <laughs> oh that's awesome so hi that's Kat. Cool. oh yeah i still remember the first time i like when I did an interview with him, when I used to interview all like the local haunters mm-hmm. and they showed me the museum and I was looking around and I'm like, I don't know why, but like these paintings are so unnerving. He got so giddy. He's like, you want to know the secret? I'm like, yeah, sure. He's like, you make the eyes and the mouth 20% bigger. Your brain can't handle it. They know it looks right, but they also know something's wrong with it. <laughs> and it wasn't the Baron. This was just Dave getting giddy about it. He's like, that's the trick. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, he's not particularly precious about how no. to scare people. He, no, uh-uh. I think he wants more haunted houses because he likes going to them. He likes seeing what other people, what other solutions other people come up with for the same problem of how do you scare people? Right. I mean, you know, and who's in it for the psychology? Who's in it for the art? Who's in it for just, you know, yelling at people and being angry jerks? You know, that there are all kinds in the haunting industry. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. You've been in it enough. Hi, Manju. Manju's joining I, us today. Yay! 
I, I, I will admit, I will be bummed that I likely will not have any kind of haunt experience this year also. Yeah, I, I am too. I'm, I'm crossing my fingers to try and do a thing. Um, my friend Shane and I are still going to try and hit Universal if they oh, are going to, because they are open um, and they are having would, it. That would be fun. I still want us to all go and, and do. I'd love that. Do that. Um, and I still want to like save up and, and spend a week in LA and hit every single one of them. Yeah. I, I don't know when that's going to happen. Maybe next year on that one. Also, I didn't know Universal Studios had a Universal Monsters Cafe. I'm not sure I knew that either. I found out today and I'm like, what? I need to go there. Hmm. I'm sure the food's like, eh, okay, because it's theme park food, but who cares? Um, we ate, uh, not last year, when was it? Uh, 2019, when yeah. uh, Dave and Shane and I all went down, we... Um, we mostly ate it uh, like that was where we discovered there's something to be said for chain restaurants in a town where you don't know any of the local cuisine. Right. You can still walk into a Red Robin and a Denny's and know that you're going to get a mediocre burger. Yes. That's not going to kill you. Right. It's just like no matter where you go, you can get something with Starbucks and it's going to taste the same. Yeah. Like there were so many hole in the wall taco stands. It's like, I really want to try any of these places, but if, we pick the wrong one, then like I'm going to be spending what time I should be at a theme park on the, on the toilet. Uh, uh, California's got a really rigid restaurant rating system. So probably been okay in that department. It's also one of those. I, I want to hit that with a local who knows stuff. That's, and that's true of like any city I I go to. It's like, no, I want to know where you go. I don't want to know where everyone else goes. Yeah, totally. What's your late night taco cart? Yeah, kind of exactly. Yeah. Um, but we ended up uh, having one of our meals at the at Universal, and because uh, we got there midday, so we were there um, doing the Universal Studio tour, right. and then it, then it flipped the haunt, and then we started hitting all the haunts, and it's like, okay, we've got like six haunts to go, and I'm hungry, so we all <laughs> went and sat down and. It was probably an average of $3 more per item than it should Mm -hmm. have been, but it was good. Yeah. I mean, once I said that, I realized like I haven't been to Universal Studios and actually ever, believe it or not. Um, But like, you know, you know, Jen and I and Disney, the food in Disneyland is really good now. I think that's something around like all amusement parks now, like big ones. They all know they kind of had to step up their game on the food department, too, because people were leaving to have better food. And mm-hmm. then they would come back and they're like, no, let's just serve better food and keep them here. Yeah. So yeah. It's like we've we've got the resources. Let's just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it was a way that they looked at it originally and went, well, in order to cut costs and and to increase profitability, let's just serve mediocre food and but if you have a captive audience, it doesn't it make it, it better food. No. Yeah. So apart from talking about this, mm-hmm. we've got, it's, it's like animation day on geek in the city radio. It is. It was yeah. a heavy animation week last week. Yeah. We're wrapping up the bad batch. Mm-hmm. 
And then the premiere of What If and Lower Decks. Season two. Yes, season two. So what do you want to jump into first? You want to do Bad Batch? Um, I actually wanted to ask you a question. Oh, okay. Before we go further, did you hear any fun news out of Star Trek Las Vegas? A few things. Okay. Uh, Robert Beltram has confirmed that he is also in Prodigy. I did hear that. But not as anything... He's not saying if he's a hologram or or what he's playing. Um, so he hasn't even confirmed if he's Chicote. I think he's going to be Chicote. Yeah. Okay. There's the rumor going around is that Prodigy will finally make canon the relationship they wanted between Janeway and Chicote, but that it got sidelined when Seven was brought on, and they kind of forced Seven and Chicote together. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, so that's one of them. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot. Like, there was... I know that um, Garrett Wong has said <laughs> that he would happy, happily join her guest star on Lower Decks as uh, Harry Kim, Starfleet's oldest ensign. Starfleet's oldest ensign. That's I mean, old. you got... I mean, roll into the joke. I think that's genius. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, yeah, I love like, that. That idea. would be great. Beckett Mariner would go like, "Oh my God, you're my hero." Yeah, you're he would be him. a legend. You've been him. an ensign forever. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. No one cares. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Lower Decks is a few years after Voyager, so mm-hmm. yeah, you could definitely have fun with it. Yeah, because it's it seems like it's still a good. Uh, 15 to 20 years before Picard. Yeah. It's. Yeah. Cause there's still the Rami, the neutral zone. So the, the Romulus hasn't even had that Nova yet that takes them out. Yeah. I think all, like all of the awful things that are coming for the Federation haven't occurred yet. Yeah. I think they're like 10 years out still kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, um, and then I, I like, I saw that, uh, Noah uh, Eversbach uh, Katz got a photo op with Jeffrey Coombs. I which saw is that. Really cool. yeah. yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, my two favorite Andorians. And he's like, oh. Um, I think they confirmed that Seven and Robbie's relationship will play out better in season two of Picard. Rafi? Rafi. No, I said Robbie. Rafi. Yeah. Um, Good. Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of news, and I think part of it is because it's not an official CBS Paramount convention anymore. Right. That's um, next year, right? Yeah, in Chicago. In Chicago. And it's going to move cities. I know some people are annoyed at that, but I'm not one of them. I'm not. I, I think always keep it in Vegas. A, it was so fucking expensive, because in Vegas, I mean, sure, at every convention, you're kind of a captive audience. In Vegas, you're really a captive audience, especially if mm-hmm. they keep holding it at the Rio which is nowhere near the strip. You're you're a three dollar cab ride if you want to go somewhere outside of the Rio or the Golden Horseshoe across the street. But who the fuck wants to go there? I, and the Rio and the Rio is awful. It's 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 a horrible hotel. There is Vegas has zero appeal to me. That's it, fair. It's never had any like. I think I don't know why. Like I, I saw it. When I was probably when I was like eight or nine, 
Hold on really quick. I have to call out Kevin. He said if he's on Prodigy, he could be the fire starter. Yeah, I, I was ignoring that. Band. Hitting the band button. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Um, and I remember, like, it was a lot of lights and it was just crazy. And I remember seeing a kangaroo in a boxing match. And that's... <laughs> I don't know if you can get away with that anymore. No, well, it was the 70s. That's what I mean. Yeah, I don't think yeah. anymore, though. Oh, the last time you were there was the seventies. It's very different now. It it's the only time I've spent any time in Vegas. Um, the other time that I've been there has been the airport, and it's like, well, that doesn't count. No, nah. it's like I've been to many cities in their airports. It's like that that doesn't mean I've been to the city. I've been to Chicago, but only in the airport. So right, but yeah, I, I'm glad it's rotating because for some people, getting to Vegas is harder i i think they're doing what star wars celebration does they pick a different city every year mm-hmm. which okay great it's a good model yeah it's fine the only downside is read pop runs it now yeah I, but yeah well, i'm but, not gonna go down that rabbit hole <laughs> yeah but on the flip side it's not like read pops any more greedy than creation no nope. and at least read pops better organized mm-hmm. this you is know? very true you know uh, that's another thing that broke today. Read Pop at NY uh, New York Comic Con. Yeah, uh, twelve and over must prove they have they've been vaccinated or they don't get in. I did see that. And that's Under good. twelve must must have a within like forty eight hours of a test, and they're like masks at all times unless you're eating. Like period. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Good. Yeah. Be interested to see if that follows suit for uh, Rose City here in town. Boy, do I hope so. Uh, I mean, I know they're not Reed Pop, but I, I would like sort of say, I hope Reed Pop sets that trend. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Dragon Con is so, backpedaling now, too, to say they're going to do that. I know that Gen Con did. Yeah. So. Yeah, it, Dragon, Dragon Con wasn't. I guess people canceled and drove. They're like, no, 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 no. We've changed our mind. I have fond memories of Dragon Con, but it's I I would be lying if I didn't say that there were broken parts to that huge system. Oh yeah. I and I still want to go to Dragon Con again, but it's a con I want to go to with like a handful of friends and we just kind of travel in a pack. Mm-hmm. You know, for for fun and for partial self preservation. Because mm-hmm. it's just too it's still nerd Mardi Gras. It's still fucking nerd Burning Man. Like it is still ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, I I'm and I'm still at the point where I don't have I have less interest in conventions if I am not there with purpose. Yeah, sure. It it's it's become hard to have fun at a convention. I think that's why I, I've gravitated so much to the uh, going to haunts at theme parks because that. I can actually have fun at, even though that there's a part of my brain that's still working because I'm still walking through every haunt going, Oh, how'd they do that? Ooh, Ooh, I know how they did that. Oh, that was really good. Ooh, right. look at that. That's cool. But it, it still feels very like I'm, I'm not tied to working it. So. Right. That's fair. I can see that. Sorry to tangent. I just knew that Star Trek Las Vegas was over the weekend and I'd feel remiss if we didn't even mention 
Yeah, there it, wasn't a whole lot. I mean, there wasn't. Yeah, not really. Um, there like was the, the big... cosplayer <laughs> that was behind the 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 dressed up as the um, puppet. Oh, yeah. And had this uh, plexiglass screen in front of him with the credits. That was pretty good. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not sorry I missed it. Plus, my 2019 trip, I had mixed feelings about. So, mm, but I'm glad I finally went. You know, you made an so, excellent cyborg. Thank you. Cyborg's fun to go as because you don't really have to be stuffy. Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> so, which do you want to talk about first? Well, do you want to get? I don't mean to phrase it this way, but you want to tackle Bad Batch first because I feel like that has the most to cover. I do too, because it's three episodes. That, yeah, I always feel like we just kind of tackle the themes and stuff instead of doing full recap stuff. Yeah, um, I'm gonna I'll, I'm gonna start off the bat that I this was not how I predicted or saw the reunion of uh, Crosshair and the Bad Batch going. Um, yeah. It was a lot more nuanced. And yeah, very, very much so. I I had a gut feeling the entire season that it was going to be revealed that it wasn't the inhibitor chip on Crosshair. That was um, a good call. I didn't have that call. I, yeah, I just felt like it because he's just, yeah. But I like that it, it would have been too easy. It would have been simple and we, and lazy storytelling to just be like, well, it's because Crosshair's evil. That's not it. Like, he believes it. He actually doesn't fully believe that the Empire is going to pull it off either. Mm-mm. Like, when he offers it to the rest of the 99 of like, hey, the five of us can run this thing. We're the ones that are actually qualified to bring peace because we're the ones who did it in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, so his wasn't a face turn, wasn't a whole heel turn kind of thing. It was, a he's, he's going to live in the gray for a while mm-hmm. and it's, and it's interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I appreciate that it was very much, a, a disagreement of philosophies between him and Hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the person who, again, makes the most change happen within these people is Omega. The one who facilitated the change? Yeah, because yeah. like every time they interact with her, they're the ones they walk away going, ah, crap, I think the kid's right. Right. And yeah. and that and happened let... with Crosshair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He tried to belittle it and he tried to pass it off. To, even he's like, Fuck the kid's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't want this kid to be right. Well, I um, kind of love the little acknowledgement of like, well, it's because she's older than you guys. Mm-hmm. She actually has more life ex- Well, I mean, that's arguable. She's been alive longer, but to say she has more life experience. Um, she does in terms of empathetic uh, connections because their mm-hmm. life has been war. Hers is not, you know. Nope. So I, I yeah I really enjoyed that. Um, I had a feeling the droid was going to survive because you know Star Wars can't kill the droid. See, and that just got back into 
they've every lesson that the bad batch has taught omega whether directly or indirectly she has learned and excelled at yeah so we don't leave someone behind we don't leave someone behind there was there was no other action for her to take right she's like oh no he saved the rest of us i'm right. like i'm not leaving him behind because i know in her head she went because he's just going to sit down there and he's not dead he's just depowered right <laughs> he'll slowly rot away from mm-hmm. salt water but mm-hmm. yeah right but they they're not they're not a humanoid being so they don't they have a completely different lifespan right <laughs> um yeah i thought it was interesting not to say that like the empire was sidelined for the back for these last three because they weren't they were always like this looming presence mm-hmm. which in this stage of the galax the galaxy kind of makes sense you know they haven't brought down the full weight they're setting their pieces on mm-hmm. the board as it were so that they can just drop the hammer on the galaxy but there's this general and i even get the feeling there's a few times in those final three where even crosshair is like this isn't the sponsor he wants peace he wants order but not through fear he gets it from a in a weird way he gets it from a twisted version of you respect each other to do your jobs the empire is going to rule through fear and i get the vibe that he doesn't that's what he doesn't agree with that makes sense um crap i had a thought so ephemeral my thoughts these days um this is true this happens there there's um oh man i'm sorry i can't all right (laughs) i think i'm just too chill i i like i've been trying to remain chill so like i'm too chilled out uh yeah that's true um i think overall oh i remember what it was like where it it wasn't the chip that caused like i think the chip was still involved because we remember that he still had his chip and they were still using his chip to to heighten his programming but after that you know like all the other clones their chips also triggered so they followed the order and they killed off the Jedi, but like we're seeing with even Gregor and, and the other clones where they're like, wait a minute, this is, they're looking at the empire too, going, this is not what we signed up for. Yeah. Cause of their heads are like the Republic became the empire. They're in charge. They had to reformat after the clone wars. We get that. Mm-hmm. But now they're like, this isn't what we fought for. This empire is acting a lot like, separatists mm-hmm. you know that kind of ruthless efficiency so yeah you see even clones are like which is what I think will lead to eventually is that the, the clones are just gonna they're gonna a, just let them die off or mm-hmm. there's just gonna be a culling of them because clones are still in the old uniforms too Storm they're in the old uniforms yep yeah, and conscripted are stormtroopers and the 
and it's the commandos that are training the the TK units. What does right. TK stand for? I don't know. Okay. But I'm glad they finally... I think... I'm sure, like, it has been retconned into something, but I think Lucas just decided, TK. Oh, that's a good sounding letters to go with the numbers. So I don't know. I'm sure it means something. Trooper something. As soon as you type in TK. uh, Doesn't really say it. The believer that stands for Trooper Corps. Car with the K, huh? Yeah. It is very that's, Germany. Yep. I'm like, that's very Nazi. Which oh you know, wait. I forget. Fair, right. To be fair. Yeah, they are Nazis. Yeah. The that's K. why they dress so well. The Empire does have the snappy uniforms. Mm-hmm. Wonder if Hugo Boss designed those too. Mm. Oh, is that out loud? Yep. By the way, don't buy Hugo Boss clothing. He's a Nazi. Um, Is Hugo Boss even still a brand? I'm sure it is. I don't think it's as popular as it used to be. It was it was big in the '90s. I think that was the Mm -hmm. that was the Boss era. Yeah. Yeah, that's about right. Um, No, but uh, like I know that. um, Ooh, there's a. There's Merrick. <laughs> hi, Merrick. Aaron says hi. Um, I think I've heard just walking by going, <laughs> She needs to get like roller skates and a long rope so you can just glide like a nun. Just Nuns glide? The, t- the scary ones do. Okay. <laughs> um. I do think that uh, I kept seeing this commentary on the internet where they were saying that uh, the Bad Batch put a better closer on the Clone Wars than the Clone Wars did by the sole um, episode of destroying uh, the the facility on uh, Camino, Because yeah. that was like, oh, well, okay then. I mean, no more clones. And they give the impression that that's their only city. Yeah. Yeah, I like that kind of bare bones title, like the fall of Camino. Like it was just like, yeah, that's it. That's the Empire being like, and we're truly the last remnants of the old Republic have been swept away. I mean, there's still a Senate, but Mm -hmm. it's like our Senate. It's useless. And largely for show. Yeah. Uh Well, everything is run by. Rich autocrats. Yeah. Hmm. It's almost like that live in the core system. Yep. That's fun. Yay. I would like my real lightsaber at least then. And a speeder bike. Yes. Yeah, that'd be fun. I honestly believe that of all the technology in Star Wars that I want more than anything is a speeder bike. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're death on steel. No more than a motorbike. Yeah. And they make that cool sound. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, Can't imagine crossing a sand dune without one. (laughs) Man. So good. 
Mm-hmm. And you can take them off, you know, moderately sized cliffs. They'll just repulse as soon as they get to the bottom. That'd be sweet. Yep. I mean, you do run the risk of like going out too far and there's nothing for them to repulse on. And by the time that they have something to uh, play off against, you're still going to get wrecked. Yeah, they've hit terminal velocity and the repulsors can't push past that. Mm-hmm. Not that I read that in their West End games a long time ago and kept it in my head. That would be super nerdy. Yes, that would be. Um, but yeah, I would I would love a speeder bike. Yeah. That would be fantastic. So yeah, back to the Bad Batch. So mm-hmm. um Yeah, it felt like a, it was funny. It, that finale wasn't big on the like pew pew and galaxy changing stuff, but it felt it felt like an honest ending to the first season. It really did. Yeah. Um and and I think that that's, I think that was important. Um, like Matthew and I were talking about this yesterday, that the way that the, that unit minus Echo and Omega function is um, they are the family of four kids because you look at the way they behave, like Hunter is the clearly the oldest. Right. So he's in charge, even when he doesn't know what he's doing all of them are going to look up to him right, and yeah. it's like and the reason the crosshair is so pissed at him all the time is crosshair is the second mm-hmm. so he's always going to criticize what hunter does and always think he can do better right. but when he's actually put in the position he does some really shitty things yeah um wrecker is clearly the baby of the family absolutely which is why he gets along so well with his uh, his older sister. His older little sister. Yeah, right. And then um, Tech is the third child. So he's not the baby. He's not the oldest. And he's not the, the second no. oldest. He's Yeah, and he's not quite the middle. But like that third child is always the one that goes, fuck it, I do what I want. It's like why? Because I don't have to live up to anyone else's expectations. I'm going to yeah, go and in also, this direction. No one's keeping an eye on me. I'm not the baby, so I'm not doted on. I'm not right. the oldest, so I don't have all the responsibility. I just kind of slip by and do what I want. Mm-hmm. And then, hey, I did this. Did you ask? No, I did it, and it worked. Yep, and you know. that's exactly how it operates. Yeah. And then Echo is their weird stepbrother. <laughs> right. <laughs> Who occasionally looks at them and goes, you people are crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a quick little side note, I uh, even though I don't really buy Star Wars Legos, I kind of want their, their, their assault cruiser. Because it comes with them. I do. Except Echo, which is really annoying. Or not Echo. It doesn't come with Omega. Right. It comes, with the, gonk, it comes with the gonk droid, which is... Hilarious. It does come with gonk. Um, I like how... Omega has invested time and energy in Gonk, and Gonk is now their astromech. <laughs> Which is weird because they have no skill in that. No. Um, but that's what, she, like, she's she's well, terrifying. She really did, terrifies me. What did he astrogate for him? Uh, the, I think the episode before last. No, that was Power. Oh, which and is, he is a power is, droid. Which is actually what they're supposed to be. I think it's the first time we've ever seen a fucking gonk droid because they're walking batteries. Going, right. 
I remember watching me uh, like, finally, we finally saw one get used for why they're fucking built. Not to just go, gonk. Gonk. Yeah. Gonk. No, they're giant walking batteries. So do you know so carry the battery? You just call the battery to you. I didn't realize that. That makes that makes a lot of sense. I always wonder why they were called a power droid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I just started calling them gonk. Because gonk. Yeah, I think their action figures say power droid. And eventually they just said like in parentheses, gonk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Fascinating. Right now, I asked one of my friends one time, like, why do you think it's called a gonk droid? And he said, oh, that's the sound of them power cycling. I'm like, what? He's like, okay, you know when you have like a car or your boat, and sometimes you hear the battery go. I'm like, yeah. He's like, that's its power cycling when it has like a short and it's trying to power cycle. He said, so that's them shorting out of it. They're going gonk, 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 and they're power cycling through. I was like, A, that's cool. B, that's the nerdiest thing you have ever said. <laughs> that is pretty nerdy. Yeah, it's super nerdy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see what the future brings for the Bad Batch. Like, uh, I like how ambiguous... like. It, the season wrapped up really well, like you were saying, but right. Um, ah, God, Bex changed her avatar now, and now it's throwing me off. <laughs> ah, um, can't please anyone, especially not me. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I like that there is still this unspoken or not unspoken, but this standing argument that's going to continue to develop between uh, Crosshair and and Hunter. And uh, I really think that Omega is going to continue to be the... the agent of change for all of them. So... Yeah, it was definitely, definitely fun. A good way to go for it, for sure. Indeed. Uh, and then speaking of fun, mm-hmm. what do we do next? You want to do what if? Let's do what if. All right. We are going to get back to our all uh, our all animation episode of Geek and City Radio. But first, a special thanks to our sponsors. First up, of course, is Guardian Games. They have been our longest sponsor, going on for as long as the podcast has been around. But that is pretty dang cool. And they are pretty dang cool. Find them at 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. Um, hey, and if also, if you're following stuff about Rose City Comic Con, they are the official game sponsor of Rose City Comic Con, which is pretty dang cool. Find out uh, why everyone wants to be at Guardian Games when you go to 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. Um, of course, masks are required to enter the store. They've never actually lifted that themselves, which is why you can feel safe when you're shopping for any kind of game you can think of. Card games, uh, both collectible and deck building styles, uh, dice games, miniature games, um, of course, role playing games, board games. It doesn't matter. Casual solo player games, which are kind of cool, believe it or not. Um, gardening games has them all um so yeah when you get down there and check them out and make sure when you walk yeah boom just scramble everything there as soon as you walk in they still have the brand new releases on nice tables right when you walk in pretty setups and stuff like that and they're uh 
you know, they're hard to admit. They're hard to resist. Sometimes uh, I can count on like two hands how many games I own that I have yet to play just because, believe it or not, it becomes kind of a minor addiction to see all those pretty games on your shelf and they're so shiny and they just, you know, all the adventures that wait inside, just like the adventures that wait for you inside Guardian Games. You can also find them online at uh, guardiangames.com. We can find out the information there. And also be sure to follow them on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash GG Portland, where they do their quickest and most recent updates about, about what is going on with the store. So check them out. And when you're there, thank them for sponsoring Geek in the City Radio. Just like Bridge City Comics, one of the greatest comic book shops in Portland, Oregon. Um, like I had mentioned, we are coming up on some Rose City Comic Con stuff, which means you are going to want to find out what's going on with all things in the world of comics. And you can do that thanks to Bridge City Comics. Doesn't matter what kind of comic you are into, Bridge City Comics is going to have it. Um, if they don't have it and it's still available, they will order it for you. And also, like, remember, as soon as you walk into Bridge City Comics, on the other side of that little bookshelf there, they still have some of their used graphic novels. That's always a great way to test out a series if you're not sure you're going to like it. If you can find a used copy of it at Bridge City Comics, and then you find out if it's yours for you or not, and you didn't spend a whole lot. But I can almost guarantee anything recommended to you at Bridge City Comics is going to be fantastic, because everyone who works there goes out of their way to uh, to learn and talk with their their customers and and whatnot and find out what you're into doesn't matter the genre Bridge City Comics is going to have the the story for you so check them out you can also find them online at bridgecitycomics.com and when you stop by thank them for sponsoring Geek in the City Radio I am the Watcher I am Owatu I think I knew that Jeffrey Wright was the Watcher but then forgot before. The episode aired. Save. I was listening to it and I was like, is that fucking Jeffrey Wright? Yeah. It also, is. that dude, he's the Watcher and Commissioner Gordon. Mm-hmm. Man. It's a lot so, of watching. So sweet. And I think in another version of Batman audio, I think he's actually Batman in one of the audio dramas they've been doing, or he's mm-hmm. going to be. Interesting. Yeah. Good I for like Jeffrey, Jeffrey Wright. Yep, I, I enjoy him. He's been great in Westworld. I like him in the Bond movies as the new version of Felix, the oh, CIA yeah. agent. Yeah. Felix Leiter. Felix Leiter. I keep forgetting that, but mm-hmm. yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. So, what if? This one's with, uh, what if Agent Carter got the super soldier serum mm-hmm. instead of uh, Steve Rogers? And and the the pivotal moment was what if Agent Peggy Carter hadn't left the room when she was supposed to? I like that, and I kind of forgot she left the room in Captain America. Because mm-hmm. I remember watching it thinking like, well, no one tells Agent Carter what to do, and I was like, oh wait, she did leave the room in the movie. I forgot. Um, I think there were lots of things about uh, this premiere episode of what if that i that i loved um uh, i have a Tyrion at my feet oh hi Tyrion. um you know from like huge buff peggy carter Um, yeah that's a that's a look that we're not going to go down to anymore let's not go down that rabbit hole 
that make things really awkward for this show because we don't have Denise to be like, okay, you two. <laughs> it's a good look. That's what I'm going to say. It's, it is a good look. It's a good look. Um, but the, you know, like that, the, the kind of upgraded uh, inclusion of Howard Stark, the, the continuation of like how those subtle things uh, occurred that changed um, where the power dynamic was like getting the, the cosmic cube before um, they Hydra has a chance to manufacture weapons out of it. It's like, right. Oh, okay. That's a change. Um, the, the slight Hellboy vibe to it towards the end there. Oh yeah. They, no, yeah. they want, they want one. They turned right into the yeah. end of Hellboy. That's Absolutely. All that was. I was like, I just wait for the right hand of doom to you know, yep. do its thing. But it was cool. Uh, the Iron Stomper. Mm-hmm. Hydra um, Stomper. Hydra Stomper. I'm really glad they did not kill Steve Rogers in, in the beginning. I, I like that he still had a role to play. And I also appreciated that the change in physical form had nothing to do with Steve and Peggy's feelings for each other none and that like you miss that in captain america because it's easy to go oh well you know it's like sure everybody loves him now he looks like that it's like eh, peggy peggy felt strongly about him before the change yeah um and like i feel like having the the role switched kind of reinforce that it's like it has nothing to do with what the two what those two people looked like it had everything to do with how they felt about each other yeah there's a slight moment where where rogers looks a little subconscious but it goes away almost immediately Mm -hmm. you know um i had wished they had called her captain britain i I know for reasons why they probably didn't but i was like oh because she's wearing the union jack i'm like she's captain britain Mm -hmm. um but she also didn't feel the need to wear a mask. That's true. She didn't. She was but very much, no, I, this is who I am. Yeah. And I think that was done intentionally by the writers of this episode. It was, there was a not so subtle message in that entire episode where she's told, she's completely told, even after she has the fucking serum in her, great, we wasted this on a woman. Mm-hmm. We're, we're screwed. All this money, all this time, you know, wasted on a dame. Mm-hmm. So I think her choosing to not wear a mask and know that every time that, nun- that Nazi was getting punched in the ground, it was being by done by a woman who was punching him into the ground. It was going to be mm-hmm. a woman who was saving the day, not someone in a mask. And I mean, everyone knew he was Steve Rogers, but there's a subtle difference of her never putting a mask on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very intentional. And I think it's pretty cool. That carries right in, into the identity, like with Black Widow. Like, she doesn't wear a mask. That's true. She's a master spy and she doesn't wear a mask. <laughs> <laughs> well, so is James Bond, but he says his fucking name every chance he gets. Yes, he does. Yeah, which is always weird, but okay. You're supposed to be incognito. Here's your cover. Thank you. I'm James Bond. We, right. we made a cover. <laughs> But yeah, 
Shades yeah. of Night Witches. Oh, yeah. that That's definitely true. Oh, I yeah. could see that. Yeah. That was definitely cool, yeah. But uh, I did like the, you know, Howard building the Hydra Stomper, clearly being, um, it's like, oh, okay, now we know what Howard Stark's Iron Man would have looked like. Right, yeah. Um, I got a slight, and I loved it. If you're a DC fan, you'll get this. I got a slight Stars and Stripes vibe that just made me happy. Mm-hmm. You know, with Agent Carter riding on the back of Hydra Stomper, I'm like, oh, yeah, give me my pulp goodness like that. Give it to me. I love it. That was great. Yeah, that, that was, was good. very great. I'm happy with that. Um, all the voice work was really good. I know they didn't get back um, uh, Chris Evans for Cap, um, for Rogers, but they got right. a really good copy. Same with Red Skull. And that Red Skull was the same guy who played Red Skull in Endgame and Infinity War. Oh, really? Yes. I thought they had gotten what's his name back to do it. Oh, okay. Huh. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Oh yeah. Um, what is his name? I don't remember. Elrond. El Hugo Weaving. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Hugo Weaving didn't come back for um, Endgame and Infinity War. That was an actor who used to do a Red Skull slash Hugo Weaving impersonation while he was on set at The Walking Dead, because he's from The Walking Dead. Oh, shit. Yeah, and it was one of those, like, the, the way the story goes is someone on, you know, someone in the crew or cast also worked with people at Marvel and went, Hey, you should talk to so and so if you need a red skull. Right. And like sent a video or like they talked to somebody and they're like, oh, oh yeah, that's a dead on Hugo weaving red skull. Yep, you're hired. That's cool. That's so, really cool. That, that I I thought it was Hugo weaving for the show too, because I'm like, how'd they get here? Oh no, nope, it's that guy. I'll bet it's that guy. And I looked it up. But yeah, everyone else is exactly who they already were. Like it was Sebastian Stan, it was um, Jeremy Renner, Sam Jackson. Uh, I think, I know that we, I don't think we get RDJ for the episode that has Tony in it. No, they can't afford that, even voiceover. Um, But I do know that this is, this will have Chadwick Boseman's last turn as T'Challa. I do know that, yeah, yeah. That's going to be a hard episode to watch. Yeah. Um, I wonder if uh, Seth Green's going to be Howard the Duck because he's Howard the Duck in the Guardians uh, he end is. scene. Uh, I hope so. That would be I fun. hope so too. I can't see a reason why he wouldn't be. Other than they just forget to ask him. Right. There's that. Um, also, I really, really like the animation style for What If. It's sharp and crisp. I very much enjoy it. It kind of gives Into the Spider-Verse vibes. Um, we were picking up, like, uh, Merrick thought it might have been, uh, did you ever see uh, Iron Man Armored Adventures? It did not. It it has similar um, kind of cel-shaded computer, clearly computer animated right. animation. It gave um, me a little bit of Tron Uprising vibes, too. Yeah. Especially how action was handled. But then, like, I, I 
double checked it's not the same animation house so it the animation house is just listed as marvel right so what i found fascinating was how many expressions were very very decidedly disney yeah there were some reaction moments on uh peggy's face i'm like i've seen that on disney princesses yeah this is weird <laughs> yeah, but it, it didn't bother me so much no like i, but you're right, I thought yeah. it was great it, but it's like oh yep no this is well it's marvel disney it's, loves that one eye get big and the half cock smile as the surprise of like mm-hmm. you know yeah there's a lot of that it's a lot of that yeah um but yeah, I thought it was a really strong debut. I think that was the smart episode to debut with. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to see more of Agent Carter. Um, Captain Carter, I mean. Um, I, there's going to be some spoilers here. I fully do not think that Steve Rogers is completely dead. You know, Hydra Stomper's out there somewhere. Who knows what? Sure. You know. Um <laughs> I mean, in the original timeline, Peggy Carter was still alive right. when Steve came back. And like the, the moment that Peggy steps out of the Tesseract portal is clearly the beginning of the Avengers movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because that's the same tunnel and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the little joke on the train. When uh, Hydra Stomper saves Bucky, and Bucky's like, "Steve, you almost tore my arm out." <laughs> walk, walk, walk. Oh, that was good. Yeah. It was also nice to have uh, still have Bucky as part of that. Yeah, and this uh, all of the Howling Commandos, all of the Howling Commandos. Yeah, <laughs> they all they were like, "What are you doing here?" And she just kind of rips the door off, and they're like, "I'm following her." Yeah, I love Hogan. Like, why did they send you? Bong, bong, bong. Oh, okay. I've always liked Hogan. It's got he's got that good look, and I'm like, yeah, Dugan, Dugan. I don't know. Hogan's uh, the DC happy, one. yeah, happy, yeah, yeah. Dugan is like Captain America's bolstolic. He really is. Yeah, no, he really is. Yeah, I, I red st- hair over the top. I still feel fat. that Dum uh, Dum Dugan was criminally underused in the uh, MCU. I would have loved to have seen more. I wish he had been part of uh, Agent Carter, the TV series. That would have been cool for sure. But yeah, what if's a great start? And it's what every Wednesday, mm-hmm. and then Lower Decks is every Thursday. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now we're Wednesday and Thursday on our viewing instead of Fridays. Just Fridays, right? That's cool. So yeah, about that uh, about that Lower Decks premiere. I love it when Lower Decks takes everything fucking ridiculous about the original series and then turns it up to 11. Just cranks that right up. I didn't know they were going to the full God thing. Just the idea of that guy saying, I'm detecting strange energies. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot strange energies. Strange energies. My favorite part, though, is easily the doctor. (laughs) She's like, say get Gary Mitchell. He's going to go Gary Mitchell all over us. Well, how did they stop him? Kirk dropped a rock on him. Dropped a boulder on him. Just I left him that. there. I'm going to shoot him more. <laughs> like, I'm going to get a rock. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, the, the, I love that that was the, uh, how was I putting this? The, I was talking to somebody about the fact that it was, that was the most sitcom of sitcom premises. You're two oh, yeah. It's like you have two characters who don't want to work together, but don't want to tell each other. Chaos ensues. It's like, well, yeah, that's that's sitcom 101. But as soon as you also add, and now we're going to add a layer of Star Trek trivia with another layer of Star Trek trivia. Right. And then a sousson to Star Trek trivia. Right. Yeah, no, this was... I mean, Lower Decks can play to someone who doesn't really know Star Trek, of course. Mm-hmm. This one rewarded Star Trek. Yeah, this still played for people who don't know Trek. This yeah, rewarded did. Trek fans. They're like, we're going to give you so many inside jokes on this thing. So many inside jokes. Um, and look, anytime they reference Gary Mitchell, I laugh because I just, you know. Oh, yeah. Part of it is I fully blame, actually, in the Weird Things Mystery Science Theater, whenever I heard the name Mitchell. So now when you add in Gary Mitchell, I go, Gary Mitchell. Um, I am still salty that Star Trek Into Darkness, the villain, was not Gary Mitchell and or Garth of Izar. It is still bullshit. It was Khan. That's all mm-hmm. I'll say. It should have been fucking Gary Mitchell. Anyway. I would have accepted an augment if it had been Joaquin. Joaquin. Hmm? Joaquin. Oh, Joaquin. Joaquin. Well, Joaquin is potentially Khan's son. Joaquin is from Space Seed. Yes. You're right. Yeah, that also would have been fun. Although seeing that, Benedict Cumberbatch play someone named Joaquin would also be awkward. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they couldn't just call him Bob, I suppose. No. It's hard to think of a super... No! I, I'm Bob, the Augment. My name is Bob. Well, that narrows it down. Right. <laughs> it's not like there's ever been a Bob before. Yeah. Oh, wait. Your last name, Roberts. Damn it. Why you're so angry? Deep cuts. Deep cuts. Just like this episode of Lower Decks, bringing it back. Oh, man. Um, so we were looking up the, a bunch of the jokes afterwards and the poem that the other crewman sat down to read to ransom when he was in sick bay yeah is a poem from where no man has gone before that yeah. gary Mitchell reads right and that was credited to an author in the 1960s when actually the author was gene roddenberry yeah um i love the cold <laughs> opening <laughs> you know. oh man so i love that they uh, keep asking me how many lights there are <laughs> I, I love that uh, Mariner's preferred form of both exercise and therapy is holodeck. Yeah. And not just holodeck, a Cardassian interrog- a prison interrogation center. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the Miranda-class ship they escaped in, I couldn't tell. Was it the USS Macbeth or the USS Macduff? I don't remember want to say it's the mcduff which is kind uh-huh. of hilarious if mariner decides to call the ship the mcduff to work out issues with her mom mm-hmm. 
<laughs> I'm gonna have to rewatch that. There's know. really that's a really smart writer's room. Yep. Yeah. It really is. Have you seen like all the press that they've been doing for the show? Huge. Like I think that was that's the most amount of press that I have seen for uh for this Trek show specifically. Yeah. In quite a while. And I, I think it probably also had to do with it, it led up to uh Star Trek Las Vegas. Yeah. And they seem to also have a lot of fun with this press. Like the mm-hmm. all the voice and I think part of it is also is when you're a when you're a voice actor, you don't really get to cut loose on red carpets a whole lot. I mean, this apart from a couple of them, a lot of them have done some screen stuff. Like Tawny Newsome, she's the female lead in Space Force. Mm-hmm. I've um, heard. You know, yeah. Um, what's his name? Uh, Rebecca Remains' husband. Yep, Jerry O'Connell. Jerry O'Connell, yeah. Uh, you know, he does some screen stuff for sure. sure. But the rest are like, you know, comics and whatnot. They're voice actors, so they get to kind of cut loose on the red carpet, which is pretty great. I I think it's great, too, that... I can easily see any one of them playing a live action version of their character on Picard. That would be fun. I could see that. I I feel like I'm like reaching really far to hope that we would ever get Beckett Mariner on Picard. Yeah. Although I would love to see just a photo shoot with them playing the, the live, the live versions of themselves, like a, Mm -hmm. Whatever, like a fucking, not that Vanity Fair is ever going to do a Star Trek-based photo shoot, but I would totally buy like a, you know, one of those Vanity Fair fold-out covers that's the cast of Lower Decks dressed as themselves, you know. Um, I would bet real money that if Halloween parties were a thing, they would, like, someone in props and makeup would band together with them and put together everything they need to actually be like you know, they get someone to paint up the, the actress plays Tendi. Mm-hmm. She'd be all green. Make a little cybernetic piece for Eugene Cordero. Okie dokie. Yeah, and let's talk about their little B story. The, <sighs> which was like super emotional, but also then very awkward because it's the two kind of extra socially awkward characters that rely on science and tech. Mm-hmm. not yet acknowledging that they have a thing for each other because they don't know how to they don't know how to word feelings and um rutherford no longer remembers right he remembers they're still friends no he didn't he well didn't by this re- episode he does he doesn't remember that they're friends she she made new friends with him again Right, so that's what I mean. He feels different. Oh, yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, like, but she's flat was... out. No, I have a thing for this guy, and I don't like him seeing other people. You know. Yeah, Tendi has Tendi has some issues that she's going to have to work out too. Yes, that um, part where he's, she's chasing him down the hallway. I just want to go swimming with girls. <laughs> melt. I mean, who doesn't? Right. Well, then it's so sweet at the very end. They make up, and then when she, then that final hug, she whispers, Also, I don't want to see you back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're very cute. I, I did it. love how they resolved it while there's destruction happening outside the Cerritos. Oh, right. They, but, like, so well done. Not paying any attention to the giant None ransom head. Yeah. I also loved uh, Beckett's 
essentially her her solution to the Kobayashi Maru. Kicking with the nards. Kicking the balls. <laughs> like over and over and over. I'm mm-hmm. like, this is this is so base humor, but I cannot stop laughing. <laughs> I can't stop laughing. So every time his funny. eyes go per his eyes go rain up. Oh, thank you. Oh. But the whole like you mean I just have to compliment? Oh yeah, say it. I am hot. I die. That what, was pretty he, great. what is he saying that one time when he's like lifting so yoked? When she says, and you're in great shape. Oh yeah. So yeah. yoked. So yoked. <laughs> so yoked. God, Jerry O'Connell would love to play Ransom on live in live action. Oh yeah, it. I want I want him to cosplay as Ransom and, and Rebecca Remain to cosplay as number one together to see just how annoyed he would make number one. Number one would loathe Ransom. Oh yeah. In every measurable way. She would also and verbally eventually... eviscerate him. Yeah, and then eventually he'd be like, all right, you might be smart, but can you fight? And you got these pecs. <laughs> she can. So I love the idea of like her just cleaning his clock and then being like when he's not when she's not around and she leaves the room or whatever, be like, so hot. <laughs> His uniform's so tight right now. You know? <laughs> well, he like he has a little bit of that for um, Mariner mm-hmm. because she can beat him in a fight. Yeah, like the the only time that he's beat her is by stabbing her in the foot. <laughs> yeah, well, in that time when he rips his shirt off to go on that fight, and she's watching him, and she's like, "It's really disturbing how much I hate him," and I'm so turned on. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, it's like oh oh this is an issue <laughs> i love that we're clearly going to get an arc where uh becker mariner's mom as much as she brags about the cerritos really wants a better ship mm-hmm. she wants to be on a good shiny give her one of them luna class ships like Riker. she wants a she wants to be on a first contact level ship I could see a joke with them dangling a sovereign class in front of her and then be like, mm-hmm. I thought you hated the sovereign look. She's like, I didn't say I hated it. I just said I didn't want the Cerritos to be it. It's a good ship. Um, and then finally, look, I know the show's not about him, but getting more Riker makes me happy. I love how Jonathan Frakes has just turned so hard into this over-the-top party boy Riker, who still mm-hmm. takes his job seriously, but I think this has too many licks and not enough. God. Uh, he's really good. Like He's really good. And it, I like that he's gotten to play Riker across all kinds of different generations. He's played Riker um, in everything, but does he show up in Voyager at any time? Yes. Yes, he does. Where does he show up in, in Voyager? Q brings him on board and he identifies oh, from a photograph the first his great Q. yeah the his great great grandfather yeah i mean mm-hmm. i know technically he's yes he's also in fucking enterprise um that's a that's a tng episode that's the lost tng that's episode that's true although i do like him as chef mhm you know cuz cooking's like jazz baby it's all what you can't see feel it um, I um, love that his entire crew is a badass, you know. 
except for Boimler. Boimler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That one that one person's like, prepare for absorption into the blue thing. And he's like, I love my job. <laughs> yeah, Boimler is not fit for the Titan. I No. <laughs> he should not be on the Titan at all. Not one bit. Nope. He, he doesn't even make lower decks on tight on the Titan. I it's like it's fascinating <laughs> that he's there. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a be be careful what you wish for. Yeah, totally. So uh, I'll be yeah. interested to see how he ends up back on the Cerritos. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, such a different vibe than What If, but the uh, lower decks. The other good thing about season two is there's not going to be any growing pains. Like they found their footing. Mm-hmm. They know the where the jokes land, so now they're just full impulse the whole way, you know. And, and I think it's going to show, which is good because I think between this and Prodigy, this is the only new track we're getting this year. I don't think we're getting it, any other new track. Like I, I feel like Picard's next year, and Discovery is next year. Yeah, maybe. Oh, we might get Strange New Worlds by the end of the year. Because production wrapped on that a few months ago. I, I'm a... Honestly, I'm, I'm feeling very... Uh, I'll believe it when I see it with Strange New Worlds. Like, I know that they're working on it, but I've seen bupkis about it. Um, uh, I mean, it's done. They finished filming it. Um, trying to see. Oh, it's also estimated early 2022. So 2022 is going to be a huge Trek year. It is. Yeah. Yeah, because they wrapped... Well, they just had a few reshoots on Discovery. They just, they, they actually announced that at STO, at start at Vegas. Okay. Um, the woman who plays the president of um, the new Raman and Vulcan homeworld, when they renamed Vulcan. Oh, right. Uh, what is uh, Navar? Navar. Uh, they had a few reshoots with her, but you don't read it. Like, everything has reshoot. It's not like that means they added a big story thing. Sometimes it's like, you know, we don't like the, sh- we don't like the angle. Come back. We okay. need to do a... F- yeah. It's- well, I always get mad when people are like, oh my god, this movie had like a, like a week's worth of reshoots. It's in trouble. I'm like, you have no idea how movies work. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes it can literally be, this is not the angle we need. If we can afford it, let's do a fucking reshoot of that one scene. Yep. That's I was gonna annoy when someone talks about like it needed reshoots. I'm like, almost every major film and show needs reshoots. Apparently we are getting Discovery this year. I was thinking, I think it was Discovery. I knew it was one of them. Huh. Because season four for them wrapped before Picard or Lord or Strange New Worlds. In fact, I bet you Picard will be the last thing we get. Because Picard season two had the longest wait time because of COVID, because their lead is eighty five years old. It, 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 yeah, and it wasn't just that he was eighty five years old, and it was, it had to do with insurance. That's what I mean. They, yeah, the yeah. studios were like, we can't insure him mm-hmm. unless we know it's a hundred percent always COVID free set. So I think it had to be like. Until you're all vaccinated, we don't start Picard. Kind of thing. Hmm. 
we can't even do it a max and test masking and testing. It's like no. Which like just, just no. Which yep. makes sense because your lead is eighty five years old or however old eighty two maybe, but he's up there. Twenty twenty two. He's in better shape than most of us, but it was all that weightlifting. Yeah. And all that weed. Yes. Allegedly. No, not allegedly. Homeboy. I kind of like also the idea that like Frakes is the one who put him onto it. But of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, we're gonna get Discovery. So I'm really curious about season four of Discovery, like where it's gonna go. Him too. I like they're they're finally in the oh speaking of season four of Discovery, that was also a rumor um that made me that discovery makes me think of it so um one of the rumors that floated out of stm or star trek las vegas is that uh writers are thinking about bringing back benjamin cisco really yep. in discovery i don't know where the, the, there's been no discussion as to where but I don't know because Avery Brooks is not in a good way. No, and uh, and he does not feel about Star Trek the way that other people who've worked in Star right. Trek feel about. He's Star proud Trek. of his work, but it was a job. Yeah, yeah. Um, that said, if they bring Cisco back, they can't do it on Picard. Because Picard is the central figure of that show, and you yeah. can bring back. You, you can't can have bring two back, captains. Yeah, you can bring back everybody else. You can't right. bring back. You can't bring in Janeway. Well, you no. can because Janeway's an admiral. I think she's retired by Picard. Probably. Yeah, I, I can't so. imagine she's still in Starfleet by Picard. Um, it might, well, or she's teaching. Mm-hmm. But I can't imagine her being active Starfleet kind of thing. But. Everyone else from all the other series, you can bring them in at any time mm-hmm. to, so that we can get a check-in. You can't have the return of the Cisco right. on, D, on uh, Picard. But you could do it in the 30th century. Where that's when the prophets let him out? Mm-hmm. But who do you cast? If it's not Avery Brooks, I don't know. Or do you pull the ultimate kind of weird shit prophets would do and you ask Sirik Lofton if he wants to come back but he's going to play Benjamin Sisko. That would be... And they and they acknowledge it of like he looks like Jake Sisko and the prophets were like we felt this would be easier to accept. And then have him explain like no prophets that's not how fucking it works. It's still been a thousand years. I mean you wouldn't say no prophets that's not how fucking You know what I mean? I mean... Could do it. Like, Good. I mean, but also, I don't think he's a little bit older looking than that now. I think, but yeah, yeah, he's also not acting anymore, so he may not want to do it. And also, he he saw Avery Brooks as a father figure. That might be something he's like, I'm not doing that. If you have to recast him, I understand that, but I'm not doing it. And actually, feels like something he would actually say, having my my limited interaction with him. Mm-hmm. I think that's is actually would be his attitude. 
I, I think the really the only way to do it is you you bring back Avery Brooks or you just you don't you don't bother doing it. Yeah. And Benjamin Sisko just becomes the unanswered question in Star Trek. Yeah, I know in the books they brought him back, but it was not good. <laughs> but. Uh, I would think, though, if you were going to bring him back, that bringing him back so far removed from the rest of the people that would have known him in life would be the only way to let the character evolve. Right. Because otherwise, if you're bringing him back just to have reunions with everybody else, and that makes us feel good, but that's not necessarily... or. Or you bring him back symbolically and through imagery. Discovery season four could actually go to mm-hmm. Bajor or even Cardassia Prime and they can finally acknowledge that at one time they were one race. And when Starfleet became splintered, the Federation was no more. That was when the prophets deemed that the emissary needed to come back. Hmm. Because there was no longer this... It was like, this is now... Now that there's no more of this bullshit galactic politics because everyone's literally cut off, you know, now the children of the prophets may be reunited. Hmm. And you get back to this kind of like hybrid Bajoran Cardassian race kind of thing. And you don't make a big deal of it. You just acknowledge it like, no, this happened a thousand years ago. Yeah. We're well aware of our past. That is why we have statues to the Cisco. Mm-hmm. You know, it was only an, it was it took an outsider to bring us back together by the will of the prophets. I could, I could see that work, and there's something there for that. Yep. That would be interesting to see. I would like them to check in on uh, the Cardassians and the Bajorans because w- when we left both of those, Bajorans were on their way up, and the Cardassians were. They had yeah. a devastated home world. Yeah, and... Cardassia Prime was devastated. Mm-hmm. And it was not even implied. Uh, the Klingons were not going to release conquered territories. Nope. You know, there's that great scene at the end, the last DS9 episode, when they're on Cardassia Prime and Martok like dips the blood wine and says, We drink, we drink to victory and conquest. And he takes a chug down. And Cisco and Admiral, what's his name, are like, this is nothing to celebrate. This planet has lost millions and millions of people and all of their cities are on fire. Yep. And he's like, and Martok's like, whatever. You don't get the ways then. I'm like, oh, Cardassia Prime's going to have a bad way for a while. Mm-hmm. Or Cardassia. But they, like, that is, uh, I'm going to have to rewatch all of Deep Space Nine. So good, man. So good. It's. <laughs> I feel like it, it. It definitely ties into so many things that are going on right now, right? Um, yeah, but but especially where it's like, yes, the the Cardassian government made choices, right? That put them in harm's put, like the leaders of Cardassia got everything they had coming to them by choosing to side with Dominion. Right. The Cardassian people, on the other hand, are 
completely different. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Good stuff coming for Trek. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, definitely Lower Decks is right there with it. So I'm super excited. I just, I, I don't, it's a pain to have to wait a year for an, for uh, a new season of it when it's yeah. only 10 episodes. But at the same time, man, it's so good. And those 10 episodes are so good. Yeah, I'd always rather a solid 10 than a solid 10, a mediocre 10, and an awful 10. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Yeah, that uh, it that season finale for season one is still some of the best trick. So good. Yeah, it's very fun. I have a deep cut question for you. Oh, man, pressure. All right. So in or anyone else in the chat who knows who will know the answer to this in the last shot on the Cerritos um, Tendi uh, and, and Rutherford are in the brig talking to Mariner who's in a cell in the brig right on the wall of the brig is a tiny bit of graffiti of a small castle why I have to look at the shot again. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll have to look at the shot again to make sure. I don't know. And it's a simple little castle with two turrets and a little drawbridge gate. But I'm like, one, who drew that in, in a cell on the Cerritos? And two, why why is it there? Right. Who... Who would have done that and why was it left there? It's like, it's clearly intentional. Because otherwise, why would you have animated it? Right, hold on. I'm looking at it now because I'm a big dork. Mm-hmm. It's also, hard. Hmm? So it says something HQ and it has two checks on it, but I can't read what it says before hmm. HQ. I don't know. All right. Well, folks on the internet, if you know what it is, uh, let us know. I would like to know. Oh, I think uh, it says Mariner's HQ. She spent two days in the brig. Oh, uh, so she's just drawn it on there. Okay. Yeah. So it's less a call out to something and more of she's just doodling on the walls. Right. Okay. Because um, maybe in her brain, she goes brig equals dungeon. Dungeon means castle. Hmm. Mm-hmm. There you go. That makes sense. I'm I'm still thrown by the Andorian named Jennifer. She got to talk this time. Mm-hmm. And I love how she does sound like a California girl. She's like, uh, I do yoga. Mm-hmm. Of course she's basic. I I'm still back at how did an Andorian woman end up with the name Jennifer? I don't know, but it makes me laugh. It does. It's hilarious, but there's a story there. I know. Well, I think that's a good place to end the show. I do too. How did she get the name Jennifer? How did she get the name Jennifer? That's right. Well, next week we'll be back with the full crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, no idea what we're going to talk about. We'll be back. I mean, apart mm-hmm. from some animated stuff, probably. Probably. But yeah, we'll see. And uh, I'm, maybe we'll get some uh, stories of, of Denise and Mexico adventures. That would be I know, 
And it was for partially a very somber thing, but I'm sure I've seen some videos. She still has had some adventures, many of which have involved tequila. I'm shocked. Shocked at this. Yes. But uh, yeah, with all that being said, I'm Aaron Duran. And I'm Cable Hashitani. We will talk to everybody next week. Bye. Uh, Recall Ted Wheeler. (laughs) That's what we can start adding. Yes.